0: rolling
1: okay
0: finally got my man
1: <laughs> <laughs> in yeah. the studio yes
0: <laughs> with a good microphone
1: we have one coming i have we one got this is this, 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 this. This. stop for exclusive interviews. We're joined by uh, UCO head coach, Nick Obeck. Coach, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. You know, the, the, the number one thing is you, we, we, we have core values that we, we believe in very much here at UCO. Number one is trust. Uh, number two is character. host game press conferences, game previews, recaps, and more. Brought to you by me, J.J. Space.
0: All music is provided by me, James D. Jackson, your co-host and producer.
1: You're listening to the Cho Show only on the swab Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Cho Show podcast here on swabreport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth, and I am very happy to report here. Not only am I in studio today, but I will be joined shortly here by my distinguished guest of the day. I believe the first guest co-host on the podcast, one James D. Jackson, editor-in-chief of the Vista. Uh, But before we get into that here, got some other useful happening, soccer season, Unfortunately, for the reigning and defending MIAA champions, came to an end yesterday as they lost in the opening round of the NCAA tournament to Augustana 2-1, finishing the season 14-4-3 with an impressive 9-1-2 home record. So I wanted to give Mike Cook there a shout out on on another good season for soccer and wishing them the best in the offseason. Volleyball. Season also came to an end, losing in the opening round of the MIAA tournament in the tenth rank, such as Missouri. Mules, three to one. They finished the season eighteen and three. Wrestling, they tra- they uh, traveled to um, Lindenwood earlier today. Uh, they I've not gotten the results back, so hoping wishing them, them the best. On the basketball front here, women's women's today. Uh, what I was told here by my man James E Jackson. Is that this was uh, what now, James?
0: Now this looks like what I saw on Twitter that it was saying that this was the most points they scored. Yeah, in, in like in Hamilton, and oh. I, I'll check again. I don't want to
1: what anybody well, astray because
0: you, <laughs> you look on your face, man. I don't know. No, no I mean, you don't I, trust. I, I
1: mean, listen, I, I was caught off guard. I did not know. I had not seen uh, seen the the score there before you told me, but. Uh, and regardless, yeah, uh, Coach Guy Hardiker here's team, has been on the roll now, moving to 4-1 on the season. The 107-58 win over Cameron.
0: Yeah, so I'm confirming this. Yeah, so UC, uh, UCL Broncos tweeted out, uh, this is the uh, most points scored at Hamilton Fieldhouse. So,
1: Well, there we go. Uh, we, uh, we, we've just been By the women, I, would, I
0: guess I should say, not...
1: We have uh, just been setting records all, all all across across the boards here, but okay, well, that moves them to four and one. Uh, they have a busy week upcoming here. They host Harding Tuesday at five thirty p.m. and then they travel to San Antonio to play St. Mary's Friday at four p.m. and Liberty Christian Saturday at two p.m. Uh, on the men's basketball. One well, fr- one second, oh, did oh, you oh. did you recap their last game? No,
0: because when I listened to your podcast, I couldn't I didn't remember.
1: Mm-hmm. No, no, no. When they played the, the double overtime game, yes. the ring, I, I was, mentioned
0: the score. I was at that game.
1: Oh, well, please, by all and
0: means. They were, they were trying to be the first team at UCL to score four, like four games in a row mm-hmm. to open the season 80 points or more. So when they had done that, I was oh. thinking, all right, when I get here, I'm going to have a great story <laughs> 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 because they're going to do this and they had the worst second and third quarter they have ever had
1: <laughs> well they still almost i mean then they still have, have what like like 74 points low
0: because of double overtime
1: <laughs> hey well it's still what it so it counted though right i mean if they got it if they, got it if they 80, had got
0: it it was still counted. It was counted? It, so we still fell short well, which is just just hurts just
1: as much <laughs> I mean, okay it, yeah but i have to say i want to give guy hartiker some credit right now you know last year it was it was kind of kind of rough, but right now let me, let me let me tell you, it's looking pretty. They uh, looked
0: pretty good, especially in the first quarter. Uh, so I mean, I, I see good things happening for them. Yeah.
1: So so what happened uh, after the, the first quarter?
0: See, at the first quarter, they put up about twenty-one points. It looked it looked like they were. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be a breeze. They mm-hmm. were shooting. They had great touch from outside, and then just the second, or third quarter, it's just I don't know what happened necessarily. They just started missing cold. shots. It, just, mean, it,
1: it went cold but thankfully for them mm-hmm. they were also playing good defense See, they had a staple guy the staple of guy Hardiker. the staple of guy Hardiker. the defense is always there yeah it's so that i there.
0: mean that kind of helped them out and they they stayed in the game fourth quarter kind of picked it back up a little bit but you know just get battling back. to how mm-hmm. the game and you know
1: uh, so, okay yeah i would definitely be trying to catch them on tuesday then uh on the men's basketball front they improved the two and four uh, with a 73 to 72 win or Midwestern State in the home openers. So I want to give Bob Hoffman a shout out there winning his first game in the Hamilton Fieldhouse. Uh, they host Southwestern Christian Tuesday at 7.30 and then travel to Cameron Saturday at 3 p.m. Uh, then finally in other football related news. Offensive coordinator Christian Hood announced on Twitter he is leaving the program after three seasons. Uh, during his time at UCO, the QBs ranked first in the MIAA in yards and rushing touchdowns, second in passing efficiency, uh, uh, and yard, yards per attempt and completion percentage. They finished third in passing touchdowns and fewest interceptions. So I want to wish Christian Hood the best moving forward. He, his offense has put up some great numbers. He even had a couple of records that were broken. Just this season that James and I got, got got the witness here, so I'm hoping Christian Hood the best moving forward here. I'm kind of surprised by the move, but um, you know, I I just I'm curious to see where the offense goes now. Are you got any got any thoughts on that, James?
0: I couldn't even who who you said was leaving Christian Hood.
1: Christian Hood. Christian Hood. Yeah, on Twitter, he announced on Twitter. And the other day I saw that I was. It I, seems I was called, like called of like
0: there's been a couple of people leaving this this after the season which is odd
1: isn't it no well, i mean usually have some turnover though i mean at, 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 at least in terms of like players transferring and such but i was kind of surprised by this by this move here but you know i i'm i'm i'm, I'm curious to see what the next chapter is for christian let would, me look okay so
0: who who's returning who's who's still returning in the quarterback uh, position oh we yeah we, we, so we, we, have, we have, have everybody have... back
1: it, yes, I was, I the, was
0: thinking because I remember they all were young. Yeah, all
1: the quarterbacks are back. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, so this is not hurt too bad.
1: No, I mean, the, the only offensive players that we're losing is Dustin Baskus, Tyrone Howe, couple of linemen, and Todd Griffin. Everybody everybody else is back, mm. unless somebody else I transfers.
0: mean, well, I mean, Tosh Griffin, Dustin Baskus, it's kind of hard to.
1: Especially Dustin, man. Yeah. Dustin's clutch. Dustin's yeah. clutch. But. What was clutch was Dustin's former teammate, Lilliat Curry. Lilliat Curry, if you recall, uh, transferred, uh, I think, before the spring, during the spring. Uh, he had a monster season for Henderson State and was named unanimous first team All-GAC after an 80-catch, 1,102-yard, 13-touchdown season. Wow. Where he averaged 100.2 yards per game. And 13.8 yards per catch. Now, his 9-2 Henderson State uh, team is playing Missouri Western in the Laves United Bowl in Texarkana, Arkansas, on December 7th. So I want to wish Lee Curry the best of luck there. Now, this is a guy I think would help, hopefully get some kind of looks at the next level. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're putting up stats like that, um, I think he has pretty good pretty pretty good size here. You know, he's giving me getting, getting some looks. Uh, finally... We, there were 13 Broncos named to the all-MIAA teams. On the first team, we have All-American safety O'Shea Harris and tackle Tyler Stillwell. On the third team, we have wide receiver Dustin Boskis, eight-back Dante McGee, center Nick George, defensive tackle Mike Rios, linebacker slash defensive end Draquan Brown, linebacker Byron Burns, and honorable mention here, we have quarterback Chandler Garrett, running back TJ Roberts, Offensive lineman, Seth Carmack. Safety, Ja'Cari Hunt. Cornerback, Kobe Underwood. And kicker, Alex Cuervato. Now, out the way here.
0: That just shows all the talent that we had
1: on this team. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, mean, there was
0: so much talent, especially coming into the season. We really thought that this would be a team that could definitely get into a bowl game. Maybe even the playoffs, you know. Mm -hmm. And... It just didn't happen. I don't know. I, I just feel like sometimes too much talent is an issue. I mean, you see that all the time. Dude. like you see, like the Cleveland Browns. I mean, like what? Just, you all that talent. It's hard to put all those that all it together. And I don't know if it's personalities or anything like that, but shocking season, I would say.
1: Well, okay, now nah, especially just-
0: off of what we were told before, and we thought we thought they had so much offensive power, and it seemed like the offense was
1: not where they should have been it it, it seemed like it took a while for it to get going like i I think you recall like in in the in the opening i mentioned this last week they were down 34 to 7 at the half and then we came back but it was mainly because of the defense and then we go on the road and be kearney mainly because of the defense yeah the the, the offense you could say against lincoln was there Mm -hmm. But it's not like Lincoln was an ultra-stiff test. And even then, it was only, what, 7 nothing after the first quarter, something mm. like that? Uh, so it, it wasn't until, if I look at the schedule here, it really wasn't until really the, the Missouri Western game where the offense, you could say, legitimately like looked like an excellent offense. Yeah. I mean, because if you're looking here, we lost North West, Missouri 59-10. Uh, Fort Hayes- Seven to 35, and then sort of Missouri 44 to 26. I mean, it really wasn't until that Missouri Western game we put up 43 mm-hmm. that we were really able, you know, I felt like to, to, to get going there. But uh, since you brought it up now uh, again here, this is the voice of James B. Jackson, editor in chief of the Vista. I mentioned him a lot, a lot of times. He's now on the podcast. So I want to welcome James on the podcast. Uh, so we have you here. What, what do you think? Went wrong with the offense this season. That's
0: a good question. That's a really good <laughs> I, I question. I'm it
1: out too. I, I'm gonna to figure it because out
0: because I really don't know. Like, okay, so like what I what I'm saying is before the season, and it's, this is especially the impression I got uh, from Bobek mm-hmm. was the offense was a staple of this. It was going to be a staple of this team. We had so many returners. We had all three quarterbacks coming back. You still had Destin Boskus. You had, I mean, you had, a, you had. I think you had four offensive linemen returning, and then you had you had uh, TJ coming in. His off his junior's stellar season. Oh, true. Yes. And then you had a, this this Oregon running back just came out of nowhere that we thought, okay, this is really going to pick off, mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. Which I I I don't know. I. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> I bet, <laughs> I bet the coaches feel the same way.
1: I don't know what happened. I, I don't know. Now, you know, my my information my here, at least early on, I think we could pinpoint the struggles here on the offensive line. Now, we recapped last week. Allowed 30 sacks uh, this season. I believe there was seven sacks against Northwest Missouri. Now, I think if you saw down the stretch now, I could be wrong here, uh, but the line seemed to play better. It, 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 it really, especially, especially running, running the ball here. We seem to play uh, pretty much from that since the Missouri game. I feel like on down, the line really. I mean, prior to last week, and again, I don't know how much of that was on the line or the inexperience of Brandon George at quarterback, mm-hmm. but. I think that was, that was huge because if you saw early on in the season, really couldn't take, you know, many deep shots because the, the time wasn't there. But when we, when we started being able to take, you know, the, the downfield shots to Preach and, and Josh Moore and, and Boskus, mm-hmm. I think you saw the offense start, start to open up. So I just wonder how much of the other struggles was on the line. Because you, you could say that the line I think coming into the season you probably thought was gonna be a strength. I mean you you had Tyler Stilwell, you had Nick George, you had Jacob Blair, you had three seniors right there. Uh Seth, Seth you know, Seth Cormack played some last season. You still had Ben Ralston back. You had some talented freshmen, uh, and Jacob Sitzler and Lane Grantham here. So I thought I think we all thought, you know, that from day one, the offense would kind of, you know, just start dominating I mean, it, it kind of cut off to a. Uh, and we
0: we don't want to. You know, You gotta. You gotta mention they had a lot of injuries on. Yeah, the no, yeah like, no. Yeah, I
1: mentioned before. I mean, you definitely want to
0: put that in there because
1: that, that that yeah, Jacob Blair. You know, he kind of went down and 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 he started playing great football too the, the past two games prior to his to his uh, injury against uh, Missouri Southern, I think. Uh, but you uh, know, and, and and that's nothing too. It was a very tough year. I know a receiver. I mean, we were we were down to what? I mean, we down to Johnny Baezell, the fourth, Dawson Huddleston, Josh Moore. Because e- even uh, Boskus was kind of hobbled. Some we really, were down to like those three guys. Mm-hmm. Especially after Preach also uh, also went down, and so did Diego Richards. I like, we we were, we were kind of down there. And I mentioned this a lot of times, but I want to give credit or credit is due to those three guys that really stepped up big. Uh, Dawson Huddleston is a guy, I think he only had like seven catches this season, but I just like what I saw out of him. I mean, you're talking about the guy here, out of, of Marlow, really kind of stepped up big whenever we needed him to. I mean, he he was a guy that's kind of buried there. Uh, Brandon Beisel, uh, he only had, well, I think four catches, and he also, I feel like, now, you were there against was northeastern state right when he was the holder and he got and he just mm-hmm. got walloped mm-hmm. now maybe you know the answer to this, to, to his question here but it seems like every time anybody's out the fourth makes a catch or does anything with the ball in his hands he just gets walloped do you have any any now i know he's from your alma mater do you have you <laughs> might have any any insight here <laughs> as to why the the i mean i've never seen somebody Just every time he makes a catch, Mm. just, I mean, just gets walloped. You see,
0: some people are taught to like, you really, I mean, I guess most receivers are taught, catch the ball first, and then worry about the rest. Right. In In his situation, what it seems like to me is, he's really focusing on catching the ball, but then... He gets plowed over by a defender because <laughs> no, I know. I'm just, he's more worried about catching the ball and protecting his own body.
1: Yeah, but, which I mean,
0: can be a good thing, but it could cause something the line. I mean, nothing's happened yet.
1: No, so, I mean, but it just seems like every time, like, like, like before he can even turn around. I mean, <laughs> ju- I mean, just get sandwiched. I, could, I and I, I don't know because by all accounts I've been told he's a nice guy. I just. You know, I mean, it, it, it doesn't happen to anybody else, really. Mm-hmm. It's just, by itself, I don't know. But, uh, but you know, about uh, um, the offense here, you know, you 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 could say that. I'm still leaning on the fact when you play four quarterbacks, I, I still think that that's tough on anybody because, especially when each quarterback is different. You're talking about, you know, Chandler Garrett more of your running quarterback. Keats is your pocket passer. Will's kind of more of your balanced, and then Brandon George was kind of just a wild card because we we had never seen, seen him play before. So you have to start four different quarterbacks with mm-hmm. the banged up receiving core and someone banged up offensive line. I think that that it really hurts, and so that that's that's to me what really made the the late season surge offensively here really all the more impressive because you're thinking about it, we started we started Brandon George. Against North Northeastern State and put up 82 points. I mean, I, I feel like that should tell you a lot, like you mentioned before, of just the overall talent. Because you got to have talent to just come off the bench after being fourth string all season and lead your team to 82 points. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, yeah. that says. I mean, that that's that's that, 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 that that's saying a lot here. And the fact that they were also were, now, if we're looking at the numbers here, I mean, they still averaged almost 35 points a game. Talking about 188 yards on, on on the ground here, so running the ball uh, wasn't wasn't the problem, and I would like to have seen a healthy T.J. Roberts. I know you were high on T.J. Roberts. I was high on T.J. Roberts. Now I think he had what like four touchdowns in in a North Eastern State game, mm-hmm. so kind of inflated his his touchdown stats there. But I, I'm I'm hoping for a healthier season. I, I think. I think that we both saw the flashes there the ability of TJ Roberts, especially against Lincoln, when he had that 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 touchdown a catch where he kind of, you know, ran all over the field. Um, but I I, I think the backfield here was looking overall there. I mean, when you were turning what? You're turning TJ, you're turning Peyton Scott, who to me also looked look look uh, looked looked impressive there. Mm-hmm. You're turning you're turning uh, Tucker Pauly, uh, who I think got in like a couple of games. You're turning my, my man, Sabor Daniels. Yes, you're good. You know, I'm a huge Sabor That's Daniels fan. <laughs> I just say, uh, Sabor, Dan- <laughs> <laughs> Sabor Daniels. And I want to give him credit again because he got more carries than I thought. Uh, and then you also have Will Phillips uh, off a of redshirt, the very talented freshman this year from Enid. So I'm, I'm liking the backfield. Now if if we're looking at receivers and moving moving forward now I think what Preach would would, would become the go-to guy, right? Yeah in, in your estimation because if we're losing Boskus, Preach is the next man up. I mean even though we're looking here even though Josh Moore was actually the second leading receiver apparently, but I, I, I still I, I still I think Preach is there. The ball security though Kind of concerns me. And I would think it was was it, was it the Missouri Southern game where he had those two fumbles early, and then he had that that, that kick that he almost didn't field. Right, so that, your
0: memory is a lot better than mine. I think that was against Missouri back.
1: Southern because we had the touchdown drive. Remember, one of them he, he he fumbled the ball, and then Missouri Southern recovered, and then we had another drive. Where he fumbled the ball, but it went out of bounds inside the two. And then Dustin got hurt in that game. He didn't come back. And then we had him back there returning kicks, I believe. And he almost like didn't field it. Like he let it bounce.
0: Okay, okay. I think I remember what you're talking yeah. about.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. But aside from that, I think we saw Priest had some really nice plays this season. Uh, I Now, I'm thinking. That just by default, he would have to be the go-to guy. I think he can be that go-to guy. Uh, uh, Now, I'm curious to see, though, what happens when we have Mikhail Hall back in the mix. When McHale Hall, if you recall, uh, last season ended strong in the Northeastern State game in the bowl game. I think it was third team all-conference. He had a hip injury. I think he only played in like three games of this season now he's a guy that can definitely i feel like how about the offense because you have him and preach both big guys at 6'3 Huddleston also at 6'3 even by zell i think is what six six one six foot around that area so the smallest guy at that point would become Josh Moore at 5'11 now i, I wonder your thoughts here where do you see well, first of all, I guess what I guess what we should say here is, who do you see as QB1 next year? Because I always go back, and I went back to this last year with Keats. I, I, I felt like Keats has never lost a job the past two years. I felt like he's gotten hurt. And then last year, it was Will Collins who came on strong. And then this year, it was Chandler Garrett who came on strong. So... If if, if if do do we I want if, if now if you were calling the shots here, Mr. Editor in Chief of the vessel, like you call shots during drop days and <laughs> assignments and whatnot, who would you, you know, be trotting out there next season on opening day?
0: See now, I know some of these guys, and you trying to you trying to make me
1: you trying to make me. I'm, I'm not now. Remember, if you recall, what after the Missouri Southern game, right when we met Chandler Garrett, now I've been critical of Chandler Garrett, and when I found out that he was a huge fan, I, I was I was happy. I'm glad that because I'm glad, you know, I was doing it objectively here. I mean, he man has some struggles early on passing the ball. Yeah, and I I, I was just reporting the fact, and then this <laughs> season, I mean, what I mean, we're talking about this season here. The man throws for. What eight touchdowns, only two picks. I, I had to get the man credit there. The man improved passing the ball and and, and became a, a force. Yeah. You know, a, a down the down the stretch now. Um, you know, Keats again is a guy that I'm, I've been saying for three years now. I feel like he's a solid quarterback. As a guy that that could, that could start on many teams, just unfortunately has had the you know the injury bug. And then you know, Will Collins. I don't I don't I don't know what happened to him this season. I, we know. I think we had high hopes for Will, especially the way he ended last year. Mm-hmm. You know that bowl comeback, mm-hmm. and I, I just, I don't know what happened to him. And the best way I could describe it last week, I said that, I said that, that he was just off.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, well, you, see now, some games, obviously different. A different quarterback works against better against a certain defense. Right. So maybe that's what happened. Maybe. He was best suited for those first few games cuz like you said he's a balanced quarterback. Right. And those beginning games are like the tougher games of the schedule.
1: Oh right, right. No doubt. Cuz he cuz he started he started what the first the first what three, right? Yeah, he mm-hmm. started he started the first three and then we started Keats against Northwest Missouri. And then Keith started until he got hurt against Central Missouri. And then it was Chandler Garrett. Then you mean Chandler
0: Garrett? In but now, but now you think about your rushing attack against those defenses now,
1: right? Which is really what
0: what they were doing, right? Because you had T.J. and Garrett running now, and when you when you're hurt, like your offensive line is hurt, it's 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 always been a point to say that it's easier to run block than it is to pass block. Oh
1: no, right? Clearly,
0: yes. So when you have those weapons in the backfield, you got to take advantage of that. True. Which is what? Maybe that's what happened. I I don't have the insight on that, but that's uh-huh. what that would be my guess. I
1: mean, yeah, because you're right. I mean, we're talking to Chandler Garrity here, the second leading rusher on the team, uh, almost 640 yards rushing with, with nine touchdowns, uh, six yards of carry. Um, and, and and yeah, I would tend to, I didn't agree with that. I think we all saw against Missouri Southern here. Especially him running the ball against run on, on that on that, that game when he drive, he had that clutch scramble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like our best play at times down the stretch was just a quarterback power. I, I think it really was, even against Northeastern State with Brandon George in there. I still think that a quarterback power was our most effective play. Um, but I just, I don't know. I feel like, you know, because we're looking here at Will. I mean, he played in seven games through for, what, 636 yards, five touchdowns, two picks at a 55% in it. So he actually was the highest.
0: Yeah, it's not bad stats. Yeah, it's
1: not bad. It just seemed like, though, I don't know. It seemed like it was, I don't I don't know. Like, it's like at times, I know against, against some Missouri, when we, when, we, when, we, when we put him in there, mm-hmm. like there there was a spark, and I remember, I remember I remember the commentator saying, you know, that with Collins in there, there seems to be like a spark. But at other times, especially early on in that in that Pitt State game, and even against Kurt, I don't I don't know. It was like at times you could say, okay, yes, there's a spark, and then the other times it was, I want to say stagnant, but it just seemed off. I I say? It's weird. I'm not sure how to like how to describe it. Like it's, it's kind of one of those. I don't know. Cause you know what I say? Cause, you know, Cause like you know with 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 Chandler in there, like you knew what was supposed probably going to gonna happen. You yeah. Know? And yeah. with with Keith in there again, you knew what was gonna happen. But I always like with Will Collins, it was kind of that that wild card. Like, hey, he might run, he might pass, but it seemed like I don't know. It just. It not like, like the flow of the offense wasn't there with him this year. Like, it yeah. seemed like in order, it would have to go Chandler. Because the offense was, I mean, especially in those last three, it was just great with Chandler. I mean, just both passing and rushing. And then, you know, with Keats, it was not bad. But with Keats, you don't really have the run, the, you know, the QB run game. And then with, like, Brandon George, it was it – was, it was interesting, you, you could say. I mean, you definitely saw some flashes. I think Brandon George is a better runner than we probably all thought. Um, but I, I think I think he's a guy that kind of presses some. I think if you saw uh, the uh, Emporia game, he took a lot of deep a, a lot of deep shots in, in, in double coverage. But I, I, I like what I saw there. It then not It's just, Will, it's just I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I was just, I don't know. How to? I don't know. Like I, I said, I it could
0: be some things internally that happened. I, 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 just
1: just I just couldn't put put my finger on it exactly. But yeah. Again, I mean, very solid, you know, season. It just, I don't know. It seemed like I don't know if it's kind of one of those cases of like the Trevor Knight Sugar Bowl performance against Alabama, where we're like, okay, you know, he he destroyed destroyed Alabama. You mm-hmm. know, may, maybe he's turning the corner. Yeah. And then he kind of had that like down season. So I don't know if it was just we had the bar like too high on him mm-hmm. based off of his like late game heroics or or, or what? I, I don't I don't I don't really know. But uh we're gonna get off we'll, off, but, off, but we'll read, read off the stats again. Read
0: off the okay. stats. One more time.
1: We'll call him so throwing the ball uh six hundred and thirty six yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions at a fifty five point nine percent completion percentage. And then he ran for where we at here, one thirty-five and one touchdown at three point six yards carry. See now,
0: it seems like okay. So you said he started three games. He started because he didn't. Well, he didn't play well, against Lincoln.
1: He, he 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 played against. I mean, he played in seven. I know he started. I know he was the day one starter. And uh, he started against Kearney, and I think he had a concussion against Kearney. Yeah, he did. Yes, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. that man, Brent told me, yeah, he had to get a kid custom against, against against Kearney. And did he did – he, did And he, he didn't start Did He started start again? I don't think he started again because it was Keats against Lincoln. Yeah,
0: Keats came in. He it played, was, yeah. It, it was Keats
1: against Northwest Missouri. Yeah. And then he got hurt in that game. I think he got hurt in that yeah. game. What with Keats – Yeah, he got hurt in that game, and then he was done for the season. Then it was Chandler Garrett show. Until the last two, when they rested him against no eastern standing he was sick against Emporia last week. Yeah, See, now that could be. A, I mean,
0: you get hurt, you get a head injury like that. I mean, that could be. A, that could yeah, be a bigger thing than we, I I what mean, we were I, told. I did,
1: yeah, but yeah, I guess I did kind of kind of looked at too. I don't because yeah, I mean, and then you really couldn't pull him because I feel like once. Once Chandler was kind of established there around that Missouri Western game, I feel like it'd it, became, it would have been it'd been impossible to pull him, you know, kind of like it was last year and whenever with like Will, it would have been impossible to pull him. Yeah. yeah so okay, you're right. It could yeah. be one. It could, it could be one of those scenarios. Now I do want to give him credit because it seemed like he never stopped, you know, being a being a leader, and I want to give him credit on that because that can be tough. I mean, you, 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 you know, you, you get, you get hurt, and then, and then, and then a, a guy comes in there, and goes off, and then you know, and then you succeed your spot to, uh, Brandon George the last games of the season, and I feel like I give him credit for you know handling it well, mm-hmm. still on the sidelines, still helping out Brandon George. I want to give Will Collins credit there. I don't want to just crap on the man because. I know that he's still a quality quarterback. I mean, the man won a state a state, a state championship, uh, was a D1 quarterback, started at OU one year. I mean, I, I just, you know, I want to give him credit on that. But I, 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 did, I did not think about that head injury. You're right. See, it's what brought you on the show, James. It's what brought you on the podcast. <laughs> Offer different perspective. Uh, now... Now, okay, on the running game here. Now, I say we probably have, at least as of right now, I would say I'm confident in our first three backs of TJ, Sabor, and Peyton Scott. Mm -hmm. Now, we didn't see a whole lot of Tucker Pauly. Uh, He mainly got carries in that Lincoln game and the Northeastern State game. I think he finished with like 10 yards on six carries. But now Peyton Scott was a guy that surprised me. Now I, I one one the way that he he ran over defenders against against uh, Northeastern State. Uh, there, there was there was nice runs there. He also blocked that punt against Lincoln, and he showed really good hands mm-hmm. out of the uh, out of the backfield. Now my man Saber Daniels, as you know, ran for a touchdown threw for a touchdown. Uh also had a couple of catches this season. Now I just wanna know here, in your opinion, who out of those two would, would you would you would you put a running back two?
0: There you, see there you go.
1: I mean I come on, I said there you that, go. I said that they're both not anybody, I'm sure all three will get will give it well would get carries. I mean, because it, it's kind of hard. Because you remember, that if if big if if the main three this year were T.J. Taz and Sabor, yeah. okay, and Taz is gone, I like to think that Peyton Scott, mm-hmm. barring some unforeseen circumstance, would 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 be that other guy. And I feel like you still would have a nice three carry split between T.J. Sabor, and uh, uh, Peyton Scott.
0: Peyton Scott. So, yeah. Okay, I, I, let me. I, let me hear. Let me hear their uh, their classifications. What are their- Okay.
1: Same will be a junior. TJ, I think will be a senior, and Peyton Scott will be a registered sophomore.
0: Okay. Hmm. Because you want to think about what skills that they bring to the team, right?
1: And 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 it's like because to me TJ, TJ's all around guy. I mean, we know we know and, he's starting. No, right? We know he's starting. Peyton Scott, again, to me, also has really good hands. And if you recall, Sabor was a receiver coming out of East Central and then was moved to running back the year we had all those all those, all those injuries. Mm-hmm. And they kept him there. So he mm-hmm. also has good receiving skills. Did TJ so, not win an award this year? No, TJ was arguably mention all-conference. Oh, okay. So they, okay, yeah.
0: That's, I mean, he still got a
1: recognition. No, yeah, recognition. right. i okay. and, and I mean, again, there there were games where he just couldn't get going. But yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I think, I, I think, I think we know that. I mean, TJ would, would have to be the starter. I, I mean, I'd be floored if he wasn't. Uh, he was another guy I felt like was kind of also banged up some this season too. Uh, but I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. Like who, because. If you think about it, both Payne and Sable really have similar skill sets. Now, Sabor is, is bigger, but there's also you know the smaller running backs, back, back, back behind our line, you can't you, you can't see the man. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that Northeastern State didn't know where Payne Scott was until he was five ten yards down the you know yeah down that down the field. So I, I'm just wondering who would you put there because if we're looking here. I mean, so Taz got, what, 29 carries? Okay, seabor had 30. And then Peyton Scott went in and had 14. So let's just let's just go ahead and give Peyton Scott Taz his 29 carries. Would you say that'd be a pretty good split, though, of would See, this is
0: what I'm saying. I, yeah, I, I don't think one person is going to be the designated second.
1: Player. Oh, no, no. I, I think understand. they're definitely
0: going to share, it and it's going to be based on who they're playing because they're – they're not similar running backs. Oh and no,
1: so, no, no! I'm talking about, but in terms of both being able to to, to run and catch, I'm saying they can both do that. Now they now they obviously there's different you know ways in their running style. Obviously, yeah. more of a downhill guy, and I think Peyton Scott is more shifty. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, yeah, no. I mean, I mean that that agree. I'm saying in terms of though, both being able to you know run and and, and and catch. I just feel like Sabor is, again, like I said, it's more of a downhill guy. Uh, Peyton Scott, I feel like, is a guy that is stronger than he might appear. Um, and I feel like, again, he's just hard to find. Um, but I, I don't know. I just feel like that's a good problem to have. And then you, we still have Tucker Pauly. Still have Will, Will Phillips in there. So we could have, like, a 5D backfield.
0: Which I hope don't everybody doesn't start or at one point in the season. I hope we see, we have some.
1: What you are saying is that you don't want the repeat of two years ago where we only had one running back. I don't I said, want like a we'll, musical
0: chairs situation. In the no, back I mean, no, I mean no. Definitely, we definitely.
1: I mean, PJ would be the guy. Like, TJ like I, needs to be the guy. PJ will be the guy for sure. Right, and then we'd have a, another rotation there of Sabor. Peyton, and then if you no, know, Tucker Polley or Will Phillips, I feel like Will Phillips will have to earn his carries. I feel like it's going to be tough to overcome the the other three. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like Tucker Polley also was not bad. Now he was he was in games when we had in like the third string line, mm-hmm. but I feel like he's a guy. I mean, the guy was was a stud at at, at Bigsby. Uh, I feel like he's a guy that that should be pressing for carries. So I feel like whoever's out there really. I mean, I I feel comfortable. I mean, especially you know if the if the offensive line blocks.
0: Oh, that's what there. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean
1: I, I, I'm I'm being serious though. Like, like, like if the line blocks, I I feel like any of the running backs could do well. When I mean, would didn't you would didn't you See, now agree?
0: That's... That I mean, that's the it's a general statement though. That can no, happen. No, 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 Jack. The best back, they had A lot of running backs even
1: with blocking, sir, aren't that good. Gotta admit. I mean, there there are there much out there that with blocking that, that that they they still don't hit the hole. Give me an they example. Still don't have the vision. Give me an
0: example. Could be any level, any level of play. Give me an example. <sighs>
1: I mean, like you've seen Haskell running backs, right? You cover high <laughs> running backs. Like, there's some that just don't have the vision. I mean, I, I mean or there, or there's some that just don't hit the hole. You know and I'm to say, like you, like they can still be like you could have a hole as wide as the Grand Canyon, but if the man is slow hitting the hole, they're not gonna do anything, right? Okay. You know I'm I'll, give gonna say? Like, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So I'm trying to say, but I feel like all runners we have here they have good vision but
0: how they hit what, the hole have you how often do we run plays like uh uh i won't say st louis <laughs> <laughs> the uh <laughs> how often do we run plays like the la rams well their whole line is shifting and well, has okay, to make no, I'm not we're saying, running power plays right i'm not saying so that, the hole okay, that you need
1: well, because, but sometimes the hole isn't there you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you you, you, no, have, but to, but no, you but have to you, improvise, though. What, right? I,
0: what I'm saying, though, if you what you're saying, if the line blocks, the right. hole should be there. But
1: okay, I'm saying, but there's there's times where either a defense happens to be in the right spot, or they sit in the house, and the hole that the play was designed for isn't there, and okay. you have to you have to improvise, right? Okay. I mean, I mean, we saw TJ do it. Sometimes this year, right? Mm-hmm. Where he kind of danced around. But he would find the hole. I'm trying to say, I feel like all the running backs would be able to find the hole in terms of I've seen the Sabor do it. Payne Scott, I haven't had to see him do it yet, but just watching him in Sand Springs, I know he can do it. The same with Tucker Pauly. Looking at the highlights of Will Fuff, the Will Phillips is a guy. I watched his, his highlights of Signing Day. I like his running style because he kind of reminds me, running style-wise, Lillian Bell, just as far as the patience goes. Okay, though, no, don't. Yeah, I, 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 that, that's why I said style. Now, I'm not saying he's Lillian Bell. I'm saying the running style. Okay. like Just the way that he's patient. Like, he doesn't just run. Like, he kind of, he kind of, like, he doesn't dance around, but he kind of. Like there's a little like jump step thing. Yeah. Until he finds yeah. the hole and then he hits the hole. Right. Yeah, that yeah, like, like that. So I'm 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 liking all of that. So I'm just curious to see how that takes down. And then a receiver, receiver's interesting because we're returning everybody but two. Now Tyrone Howe was a guy that this year I know he was also injured. Last year it helped provide a spark early on when he burned his red shirt in that Lindenwood game, and he had over 100 yards. Now, we mentioned before that we should have McKill Hall back from injury. Uh, Diego, Diego Richards should be back. But that's a unit, though, where who do we see making that next step? Because if we're going to go and assume Preach would become the go-to, then who do we see stepping up to be taking Preacher's spot as that de facto number two guy. Is it—is it a guy like Mikhail Hall who again finished his season strong last season and then was banged up this year? Or do we continue to see the growth of guys like the Fourth or Dawson Huddleston? Or is it somebody like Josh Moore who came on strong the last two, three games and then builds off
0: See, now you're asking who should be like, who the do you next think, guy or who should be. Yeah, next? like
1: who do you think will seize that that second receiver spotlight? Like, like will just seize it and then will just be that solid guy that Preach was until he got hurt? Mm-hmm.
0: As a Carl Albert alum, <laughs> no, <I'm> not, <laughs> don't hey, point that ahead. out. <laughs> Those guys are going to know how to feel some big shoes. Right. So, if I was to guess, based on that preference, mm-hmm. it's Diego
1: or Johnny Bizzell. Gee, I think Johnny Bazel's a guy that I don't want to say gets overlooked, but, like, he's just a guy. Like, even Coach would tell you that he's just a guy that's just a, that he's just a solid football player. I mean, look, mm-hmm. I'm the guy that was recruited as a quarterback, spent a full year as a quarterback, spent most of spring last year as a quarterback. And it was moved to the to the receiver spot. I think he had a concussion last year one of the games because he just got walloped again. And then this year, I think he only had, what, like seven catches? Seven four, what we got here. We got, hold up. Hold up. Here we go. He only had, yeah, yeah, man had, what, four? Yeah, yeah, he had four catches this year. But a 17.7 yards of catch, and I'm the guy here made the most of it, and he also threw the ball two, to, uh, three times, uh, one for touchdown. So it didn't matter because that's a guy now. If if you, if you if you recall him and Sabor Daniels, both threw some halfback receiver passes. <laughs> were both effective. Now again, I think that because if you're a defense, you have to you have to respect the fact that both those guys were quarterbacks in high school, that both those guys at any given get given time could just stop and throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if he takes that if he takes that, that next step. But then I wonder too at Dawson Huddleston, now, if you call against each Eastern State at that nice one-handed touchdown catch on that pass interference. That's a guy that I'm also high on too. he's also big. Uh, he's, he's 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 physical, and then you have uh, Mikhail Hall, who came on really strong last year, uh, and then you have Diego Richards, who's kind of more in that Josh Moore or you a know, slot guy role. Uh, so uh, okay, so you so. You're making your your money on Diego Richards or by the fourth. Okay, I, yeah. I agree with that. I think that this will all depend on how McHale Hall comes back. And McHale Hall's coming back to the form we saw the last three, four games uh, last season. I think it's going to be tough because McHale Hall in those games, especially in, in, that, in, that, in that bowl game, really, I mean, just really blew me away. That was not, that. That was a guy I was questioning earlier on too, because you recall three years ago now when Coach signed him, uh, he talked a lot about Mikael Hall, and so I was excited to see Mikael Hall. And then early on in the season, I think he had like two catches in three games, and I came on this very podcast and I had said, you know, not feel <laughs> Mikael Hall right now. I mean, we just you know, and then put me wrong. And what did I at the end of the season? I said. I want to issue an apology to Mikhail Hall because he put me wrong. He, the man, he stepped up and made plays. So I'm hoping that we see something similar there.
0: You see what's happening here, right? Right. You see that you're the guy that's sparking. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying.
1: I'm if, just saying. If that's what it takes to work, to work, I will continue. to. I will take one for the team i will take what if this is what it takes you really like, ruined our for relationship but but again i i came on numerous times i said you know mikhail hall's a guy i doubt it mm-hmm. and he put me wrong and and mm-hmm. i appreciate that because i i like to see because i like to see him live up to the hype that i had heard about about um mikhail hall mm-hmm. that's all i'm saying uh and, and then when we, when we when we go ahead and finish out the offense here on the offensive line, now we're losing three stalwarts: Nick George, Jacob Blair, and and uh, Tyler Stillwell. That's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> now I do we do have Ben Ralston back. Now Ben Ralston, prior to this season, was a guard and a center. Now he did play some tackle early on the season, and I remember Coach saying that he was pleased because that was the first time that he's played tackle. Now we have him back. We still have Lane Lane, Lane Grantham who played a lot of snaps as a, as a true freshman, as Guy mentioned before, out of Westmore, a very talented player. Uh, you, have, you have Jacob Sitzler as a registered sawhorn ne- uh, uh, ne- uh, ne- next, uh, uh, next season also played a lot of, a lot of snaps. Uh, then you also have what, Alex Eichler back. He started some. I think you uh Then you have Seth Carmack was a with third team honorable Ar- 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 guy, and then you have some very big red shirts. You had a couple out of Stillwater. I think you have one out of out of Guthrie. I, is that a unit that I know Coach, coach Beck takes pride in that in, in, in that in that unit because he is the line coach here? Do we envision even with the loss of three stalwarts, do we? expect a stronger performance overall from the line next year like from from game one to game hopefully 12 13 14 do we are we gonna expect a better season or should we kind of be like okay we're losing three stalwarts here one of them being a center which is key and you know the protection all that stuff should we expect a step back or should we expect the unit to just say you know what we, we underperformed by our standards this past season and we feel like we have a lot to prove and we're going to go out there and we're going to you know overachieve you know like trim the sack a little down maybe 30 to 15 or something like that uh, and do we see the line take a step forward.
0: Yeah this is one of those way too early predictions.
1: It, it, it is. But it is.
0: based on losing four guys on the offensive line, it's it's safe to say that there'll be a step back. But you never know who could mesh.
1: Right, I'm gonna say see, like because they said that about OU this year. I would say around what game three or four, the line started to look more like a OU line. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying we're kind of gonna have that. We're like, okay, well. We noticed that there's some new faces there, but after three, four games, will this line kind of take off? you know what? This is a this is a darn good good line.
0: Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that we at least get a warm warm up game of some situation, not come out the gates swinging at one of the hardest, yeah, the toughest I mean, teams.
1: Yeah. You know, I will say if we if we're looking at the schedule here, I know. I think you can look at it either way. Now, I like having the the kind of weaker teams at the back end because that means that you're getting the best of the best while you're still hopefully at full health as compared to if yeah. we get, you know, the, the Northeastern States, the Missouri Southerns, who isn't a football club, the the Lincolns, you know, at the, at the beginning of the season, and then we get banged up, and then you, and then you play, you know, Northwest Missouri, or Fort Hayes, or Pitt—you know—then then it's even tougher. Yeah. Rather well, see, say- some
0: teams may need to get on a roll first. And right. I mean, like I'm saying, if there's if there's that many people leaving, it it would be nice to have that offensive line get some games under their under the belt together as a unit. Right. Because I mean that's I mean really that's the most important thing on the offense.
1: Oh, is the right. offensive
0: line. So if they can get that going first, get some momentum, get some confidence, then you who knows we could we could knock off one of those teams. You know.
1: Well, I, I think I think you saw that last year. Remember in the opener against Pitt State, where the offense I think had seven points in that game. I forgot how many times Keats was sacked, was sacked. But then by the Northwest Missouri game where they upset them. The line played a heck of a game, mm-hmm. so I, I'm just wondering if it if it's if it's best though to take lumps early against good teams, or do we kind of say okay, let's play the weaker opponents. Will we you know let's try to build up build up, build up, build up some confidence, or is it is it easier to say okay, listen, we're playing Pitt State, we're playing Northwest Missouri State, if we can hold our own against these guys just early in the season. Yeah. You know, then you could look at that and say, listen, if, if we withstood that, now we can dang sure withstand, you know, Lincoln and Northeastern State.
0: Well see, that that could cause complacency too though. Which that which means you you're you don't prepare as tough because you know it's an easier game.
1: True. But I feel like that could apply for the whole like I think I think you might have this we, we did a good job though. I mean against Lincoln Slow start, shut them out mm-hmm. against Missouri Southern. Slow start, beat them pretty handily, and then Northeastern State started off fast. Kind of had that that sloppy second second quarter, and then proceeded to score 80, uh, 80, 80, 80, 82 points. Mm-hmm. So I, I think UCO does a good job of taking care of those opponents. I think it's the it's the it's the four. It's it, I think the problem here now. I could wrong with this though it's when we start getting kind of in that upper middle of the conference like we can like we can handle the bottom feeders and we handle curry we handle walesburg it's the the Pit states the northwest missouri states the fort hayes where i feel like we have to take that next step and realistically though we should have
0: beat pitt state
1: Right. Oh, yeah, no. It it's just beaten, so many
0: mishaps in the beginning. I mean... Like, on the first play of the game, you get that, that kick return. Yeah, yeah. I mean... You lost about two points. I mean...
1: Yeah, we did. I, I mean, I, I think the pitch day game... To me, the pitch day and the Missouri Western game should have been wins because that Missouri Western game, there were a couple of missed touchdown passes that cost us in that game, too. I, I think we were literally... What five or six plays away from being a seven and four team again?
0: Yeah. So, so.
1: Uh, I, and I was saying, I was like, you know, as bad as the record might look, we still we, like 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 to me, we just didn't get the bounce. Last year, we had the bounce in in in, the, in close games. We had the net one upset against Northwest Missouri, and we got the seven and four. This year, we kind of have some bad breaks. Uh, now we were able to win a close one against Washburn on, on, on a field goal, and I'm, I'm glad about that. Yeah. And then Kearney off of a off of a, a key a key stop. We didn't get you know re- any 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 upsets this year, and then we were kind of what you could say I guess one and two in close games this year. Uh, so I'm thinking that that you know that 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 also could 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 do it. Um, but I, now we, you know all the total offense. Yet I wonder how much is going to change now. We we didn't even, we didn't even factor in the fact Now there was a new coordinator in there. Yeah, it could be a whole different different ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to see that the spring footballs be interesting for that. Now defensively here, you talk about a unit here that struggled early on in the season, did not get a sack until Central Missouri, which was, which should have been game six. Now, they finished with 13. So, they had 13 sacks in the last, what, five games. Uh, that's a unit. and I, Now, I, I want to give Rush Pickett credit here because they could have folded. Uh, I know that they, you know, the rushing numbers were not, were not fantastic. However, on passing numbers, I mean, you held foes to 217 yards. Uh, and then they, they and then they also got off the off, off the field on on um, on third downs. Now I mentioned before here to me the key player on this run was senior Draquan Brown, six and a half sacks, leading leading, leading uh, to lead the team.
0: I was very impressed. Of the defense overall, I yeah, want to sweat I that I out was now. Too,
1: because because I feel like when you factor in the number of snaps they had to play, mm-hmm. I think I think that overall they really gave the team a chance to win. I mean they 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 spearheaded the comeback against Pitt. Yeah, they played great football against Wasburn and Kearney. Mm-hmm. They still gave us a chance last week against Emporia. They shut out Lincoln. They mm-hmm. did good against 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 a very improved uh Missouri Southern team and then they held Central Missouri to seventeen points in the first half. I think I think I think the defense here does not get does not get enough enough credit. Yeah. Now we are losing though two star wars the secondary O'Shea and Jakari. And then up front we're losing what Stephon Starks but mainly Drakeon Brown. Now who do we see Replacing the six and a half sacks that Drayquan Brown had down the stretch. I hope you're not asking me <laughs> because, I, because I'm trying to, because <laughs> that because that's a guy that by that, that that just by the simple move of putting his hand in the dirt, mm-hmm. I, I feel like completely just changed the defense because once we had a pass rush, I mean our, our defense really became scary at that point because Kobe Underwood, heck of a season. Mm-hmm. Heck of a season. Daniel Bauman here, I think was like top twenty in the in the in the country in pass breakouts. I, I I am I was pleased at the growth of the corners. Now I'm I'm curious to see who we have there at safety to take Jakari and O'Shea's spot. Now I do know that Dylan Buckhite, the freshman out of Moore, really impressed me. I think he started against Lincoln. And now and he started against Norwegian State 2. T Rowe Roberts played some. Uh, he was kind of iffy. Uh, and, and then I know Stefan Bruner got in there. Trayvon Craig got some got some snaps. Now linebacker, we are losing Dylan Hall, Byron Burns, and Jeremiah Hill. But we do have young guys like like Isaiah Major. <laughs> we lose a lot on defense too. Sounds I, like. I, but a thing about it though. But as much as we as we rotate though, I mean because we, I mean we still have Christian Malloy back. We'll have um, Isaiah Feaster back. We'll have um, Marcus Major back we still have at least about three four linebackers back on the defensive front we're only losing what stefan starks kk and draquan brown so we still have Devin badgick back mike rios back Derek shaw back richard desir jones corey brown jr stephen crager and then defensively we have both corners back we also would have chris lewis back and we should have um Darius Winston back. So my biggest key is, and we know one safety.
0: Huh? Uh shout out Darius Winston. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, he was a Carl Albert guy at first. Oh, he was. Yeah. What yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. happened to him. Yeah,
0: he was yeah, he was there for uh I think his freshman and sophomore year. Oh. Before he transferred. Well, I not transfer, you switch schools. Where'd he
1: go? School i don't think i think he was a chunk oh dog. oh yeah he did he did yeah he did yeah yeah oh All right, well there we go i did i did not know that okay yeah, then. Yeah. so what two and a half harbor guys yeah no, so i knew I him
0: i already i had i had pre-knowledge of him
1: oh why you did not you not have known for james i didn't want to happen <laughs> you not have I am mean, I mean, sharing you, knowledge now, you know, I know now. I apologize. I was not aware that um James Jackson knew. Okay, well mm-hmm. I'm opposing that. We okay, well I guess better, better late late than uh, never here. So defensively here, even though we're losing some Star Wars, we have guys back Really? What should should the expectations of the defense be next year? Are we thinking, should there be any drop-off?
0: See, this is just like the offensive line situation. But, like, this defense that we're talking about now is the same thing we thought coming to this season. We thought it was a bunch of question marks. And they they came out and played strong. I
1: didn't think it'd be too, too much, really. I think I question though, more of the pass rush. But I, I was never concerned about defense the backs, defense. Definitely. About about the back because we still yeah. had we still had O'Shea. You still had Jakari. We had Colby and then Obama who I figured would take the next step. Yeah. And then we had a lot of a lot of linebackers back. So I wasn't too, too concerned about the defense as a whole. It mainly was the pass rush. And the pass rush was the problem early on in the season. Mm-hmm. But once that got fixed, I mean the defense was Top of the line. I I, I, mean, I was pleased with it. But, but again, I just wonder now who... Weren't they finishing the MIA defensive? Let me see what... I don't know, because I feel like the early season might have hurt us, though. Because just the... Uh, because they did money here. The defense allowed around 400... Minute, yeah. No, no, around three hundred ninety-two yards, yards a game. Now, I know it was, it was more than that, probably until the recent stretch i'm telling you once we got that sack and the sack started rolling in um, it was a whole new defense I, I, I just wonder who's gonna carry that torch next year from drake Brown. Right now stephen crager came on strong late i uh, i i just really wonder here who becomes you know our, our main pass rusher now Derek shaw at times looked pretty dominant you know texas transfer by way of broken arrow he looked pretty dominant Mm -hmm. at times um mike real if we could get mike rios i think to play consistently would be huge because against wofford mike rios was a force and that's a guy that we need well one to stay healthy again um and then the Sheer Jones also had some... I feel like there were guys on the line that flashed. I think it was Drake that was the one that was able to to build upon it and sustain it. Yeah.
0: Well, see, I'm looking at the stats now. So, yeah, definitely this, the beginning of the season hurt them a lot. Yeah. Because they're not... They're, I mean, they're not in the... Uh, they're in the bottom three on... Yeah, every, I'm trying to every say. Category. I'm
1: trying to say, right, because, you know, again, prior to getting the sack, I mean, because it didn't matter here. Once we got the sack, okay, the highest points we allowed after that was what fit we allowed 52 Missouri Western, and then the rest was 20, 27, 14,
0: and 34. Yes, it, it was a big
1: difference. Right. I'm trying to say, I just wonder who who takes that that torch as far as the sacks? Yeah, because that because to me the only my only question on the defense now, outside of I guess who becomes a leader now when we're placing O'Shea, would be who becomes the next elite, who becomes the pass rush, and, and I feel like if they can solve that, I don't know why the defense can't get back to the you know the the, the normal upper echelon in the conference. Yeah, because to me the corners are there, linebackers are there. Again, Dylan Dylan Buckheit, unless, and unless we we see a sophomore slump, I think he's a guy that could be a three year starter. Uh, I, I just I really if we just get the pass rush, I'm 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 fine there. Uh, then when we look at at um, these teams here, I I'm thinking Preach could probably take Bosk's spot as the return man. Him and TJ, you also have. Diego Richards, at, before his injury was was also back there. Mikhail Hall also has turn.
0: Now, is Preach faster than Diego? I don't know because the, I remember if I remember Diego correctly, he was the fastest at probably one of the fastest at Colorado.
1: Well, I know when 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 we signed him, Coach called him one of the fastest players in in the the whole state. Yeah. So I'm i thinking he'd be a guy. Uh, Josh Moore also can can field kicks as can Sabor Daniels. Uh, so I think I think we're good there now. Culvedo is a guy was clutch against Washburn. Mm-hmm. I, I would feel like consistency there somewhat. I mean he did miss a couple of field goals that were, that were makeable, but I, I, I think to me here the biggest loss outside of the long snapper Josh Otabo. I think he was a four year guy, uh, would be Jay Tedesco. Now, you recall there towards the end of the season, Jay Tedesco was playing some of the best football I've seen him play. Now, I'm curious to see who we bring in there uh, because Tedesco actually about 42 yards a punt, and I think he had a, a, a decent amount down inside the 20 the yard line. But, mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious to see there, but overall I'm, I'm thinking, you know, even though it was a down year as we as we just discussed here there's a lot of positives here. Yeah, And there's a lot pointing up. I think the key would be wherever the new offense is, how that clicks and then the health because the health issue was, 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 was not on the side because we also mentioned Marlo Hughes. Marlo Hughes you recall before his injury was going off at linebacker.
0: Yeah.
1: And now that's a guy I really, I feel, I am high on him. I, I am as high on him as I was on, uh, on, um, dang it, I forgot now. Oh, I, I, my, my, my comparison, I was as high, I, he, he will now become my new Jakari. And you know, I was a huge fan of, of, of Jakari. Because that man, just a a solid player, just made the big hit. Now, I'm curious to see who becomes the new enforcer, because Dylan Hall's gone, and he had some games there where he laid the wood, too. So I'm curious who becomes the new, you know, hard hitter, headhunter type of player. But, but Mo Hughes, I mean, the guy had, what, a pick six? I mean, was just playing great football, so... He's back again. I'm I'm not concerned really at all the defense decided of getting in the getting the pass for us. And offensively here, the offensive line and whatever new scheme we're we're uh, running here. So as we as we as we wrap it up here, James, what 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 are you looking, I guess, forward to the most from seeing from this team in this in the spring and next next season? And what do you think? Is the way too early key to them turning it around next year?
0: It's the def- the key to this is definitely the pass rush. Like if they can do that, right. they'll be fine. And I I'm looking forward to their rushing attack because I, I still think they're going to be a very good rushing team. What are you? What, what are your thoughts?
1: I'm thinking running the ball will have to be key uh, because especially when we have a deep and talented backfield we should definitely be able to run the ball now to me the biggest the biggest key is the line because that 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 is the end all be all and i'm also curious to see who we start day one i have a feeling just based on the past couple of seasons it'll probably be chairman garrett just because he had the hot hand ending the season i still would not count on keats because again the past three years he's really lost the job he just got hurt uh, and 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 I still would not count out Will uh, Will Will Collins either. Now I think Brandon George is the guy. Probably probably will have to sit. They uh, have to sit again just because there's three guys ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Now I do know Keats did get a sixth year at some point. So while Will and Chandler I think will be seniors next year, Keats will still be a junior. So but Keats, just just keep that in mind. Uh, Receiving wise, I'm confident. I'm confident because even when a banged up year still has solid receivers. Now, 8 back is a position though. We're we're losing Marshall Tolson, who coach has said numerous times was one of the better blockers in uh, in the whole conference. I know Dante McGee for the second straight year made an all conference team, but we're losing Tolson and Daxton Williams. That leaves us with two. We have. Isaiah Jackson, who was who was also hurt, and McGee. Now they did move Von Appleman, a reserve, in from Ada to H back the past two games. I'm wondering if we can get Dante McGee more involved in the past game because he was a running back at UConn, and he's a fairly good good, good receiver. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering if we if we start if we start. Utilizing them more in the past, I know this season we had to have them block, but I'm I'm curious to see who becomes the better blocker out of that out of that uh, uh, group. But yeah, no, overall, so offensively here, I'm thinking you know, when the offensive line is key. I'm not I'm not worried about any, anything else. Defensively again, I'm just worried about the the pass rush, and then special teams wise, I, I we, need to, we need we need we need we need to give. Uh, what is it Tyler Holland? Tyler Holland a lot of credit, a lot of credit this year. You blocked with three kicks. You blocked the punt. Just all around great great football there. I, I want to give him credit on that because that is a unit that struggled like mentioned before in the pitch State game. Turned it around and ended the season strong. So i gonna do it here. I want to thank my man James D. Jackson, editor in chief of the Vista. James, you wanna you wanna um. Tell people a little bit about yourself under the fact that I know your- that
0: I know most of the listeners are glad that you finally got into the studio. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, sure have, I'm, not, I'm sure they are. I'm
1: sure they are. Finally,
0: have a good microphone.
1: <laughs> again, we're working on that as well.
0: Production value. We're, we're
1: working on that again <laughs> as well. <laughs> so- it's, it's it's a slow process, James You know, you gotta you gotta you gotta work to work Take him all season it. to get in there, so I, I, I did, but now you wanna <laughs> you wanna tell listeners now who have waited so patiently about yourself anything besides for the you're the for the other Vista? If wanna, you are
0: listening, just go ahead and I'll do a shameless plug and follow me on Twitter at James fifteen. Uh, I gotta get my followers up on there, so help help me out, please. <laughs>
1: There we, go. We, we, we will also be sure to leave that uh, info below as well. And I think, James, you said you have some...
0: I'll possibly have a big announcement coming on there pretty soon.
1: Oh, really, not. So... Okay, yeah. Then you definitely go want ahead to and follow, follow him. All right. Cool. There we go. Wow. Uh, James, I want to thank you. We got to do this again. Uh, since you'll be more on the basketball front than, than I will, I definitely will probably... I'm gonna bring you on here at some point, uh, probably around in the, the next month. Once the basketball kind of has a has break there, kind of get an early season recap. Mm-hmm. Since you've seen, so I've, I've not been able to go go to a game yet. Hopefully, I'll make it to the one on Tuesday. Not for sure yet, but we definitely gotta I'll get that. In I do want to do more on the basketball front.
0: If you do, let's recap it. I mean, let's come, okay, on, yeah, come oh, back oh, in yeah. and recap oh, it. Let's oh, yeah. It. We,
1: we, we, can, we, can, we can most definitely do that then because, again, I'm curious to see what you see, especially out of the men's now uh, under under Bob Hoffman and then uh, the, the fast start here by the, by the women's team. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see what that – because if anything, I'll just probably be, be more of a q and I haven't seen them play yet. Uh, but I do want to do more on that front because last year – kind of crapped the bed on, on, on the uh, Darius Avery show <sighs> the 20 and 10 man last year we kind of did not do a good job on that so want to kind of rectify that um, but uh, yeah okay well then okay well you, you, you heard it here first we'll have a basketball special at some point with uh, Mr. James D. Jackson well James I want to thank you for allowing me to uh, come into your humble studio <laughs> here and have you chime in so they're not just listening to me Ramble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I wanted to get a different opinion and I think it came out well. So again, you're always welcome any any anytime I keep saying this, this is the first time in two years that you've actually been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I've been saying anytime James. if you guys
0: like this format better, tweet at me <laughs> and Jonathan or Jonathan, let us know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I'm gonna get a better mic. I'm getting a better mic. I, 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 I have wagered a lot of pool for Christmas this year, and requesting a microphone and a stand, so we should be getting better quality. Even if I'm not in studio, so it's a lot better than the mic that I currently have that I had to get on a college budget. So you know, it was not, it was not the best. But now that I know mm-hmm. it, podcast is on decent footing i'm willing to we're going to now invest more into it make it a better product so that's going to do it for james d jackson my name is jonathan gordo aka jg smooth I'll talk, I'll talk to you all later